Hello and welcome to another episode of Eat This Podcast with me, Jeremy Churfus. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Hot damn right. Gosh, thank you. And yeah, amazing as it may seem, at least it does to me, Eat This Podcast is 10 years old today. And I'm very pleased to say that what goes around has come around. On March the 13th, 2013, episode one was about bog butter. That's the stuff that gets dug up from peat bogs, mostly in Ireland, some of which is more than 2,000 years old. I talked back then to Ben Reed, a chef who wanted to understand bog butter better, so he buried some butter in a bog. Not just any old butter, mind you, but butter made by this guy. Uh, my name is Patrick Johansson. I'm a butter maker. Uh, I usually go by the name of uh, Butter Vikings. Um, I make uh, butter for restaurants. One of those restaurants was Noma in Copenhagen, where Ben Reed was head of R&D at Noma's Nordic Food Lab. Ten years on, Ben, after a great stint at his Edinburgh food studio, is currently baking award-winning bread with local Scottish grain. And Patrick, the butter viking, is still making butter in Sweden. So, whose idea was the bog butter? I think it was Ben Reed's idea, uh, but I'm not sure, um, I think. But it, it was a long time ago, uh, ten years ago or something. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, Ben, ben was the one who, who did the scientific, uh, historical stuff. I was only churning and digging. <laughs> that was my part. But what did you think of the bog butter, I mean, when you, when you dug it up? Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting flavor. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not very, very uh, delicious, but very, very interesting. Um, but then in Ireland, I tried a thousand-year-old bog butter as well. Uh, it was the same. It wasn't very delicious, but very, very interesting, of course. <laughs> but I think you would find any kind of interesting butter, I think you would find very interesting. True, true that. I, I've, I've eaten uh, rotten butter. Uh, I've eaten, well, I've eaten so many funky butters, so... You're right. Yeah. Let Let's go back a bit to the beginning. How do you, yep. How do you make butter, and how does that differ from all the rest of the butter in the world? I make it uh, the old traditional way. That is to say, I culture the cream first, and then I churn it in a horizontal butter churn slowly. It's not very unique, but um, when compared to industrial butters. They make it in a butter cannon, I think is the name. Uh, their process takes like three seconds, whereas my process takes three, four days. Uh, and then they can't actually use cultured cream in, in, uh, in that kind of machine. So that's why they have to add an artificial butter flavoring. Really? 
Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that. There's butter diacetyl or whatever it's called. Is... Exactly. That's the one. And that's, that's uh, in ordinary butter? In all of the butters you can see on the market, the lure pack, the Arla, the, and any of those really big brands. It's made from sweet cream, but then they add the diacetyl, etc., to to make it taste more like um, the butter we want. So, okay, sw- sweet cream and you culture your cream. Is that like? I mean, I'm a bread maker, and mm. I I use a natural. Do you do you culture it with a pure culture, or do you just use some of the old cream to start the new lot off? Um, I can do that, but um, then eventually it uh, you know they. Uh, kind of mutate and change characteristics uh so i use between seven and 12 different lactic acid bacteria depending on what the customer wants it's a tricky field because not very well researched either some of those lactic acid bacteria can work in uh, in uh, in unison in in have a nice cooperation whereas some of them uh, don't like each other, one another, and then they start this uh, chemical warfare. The chemical warfare it's, is what gives us the nice flavoring. So the mix, the mix of different culturing bacteria yeah. affects the flavor of the butter. It does. And also, if you know where the optimum temperature is, uh, like I do, I I use it well a secret temperature curve in order for them to to give their best uh, flavor because the flavor does not only come from the chemical warfare but uh, in their um, me- due to their metabolism as well. Does does what the cows eat? Does the cow's diet make much of a difference? Oh yes, I know of a farmer. He went over to uh, beef cattle because uh, on his grounds there were a massive invasion of, um, what do you call that, uh, wild garlic. And the cows just loved it and ate it. And uh, <laughs> the, um, the milk tasted of wild garlic, of course. But I, I tried not to, because it's a luxury really to be able to have your own cows and let them eat the best things whereas i've had maybe dairies in uh, maybe seven different locations now i try to work with um uh, ecologic uh, no organic milk that makes a lot of difference i think i want my buddies the lactic acid bacteria to really thrive and uh, some of the farmers all over the globe they put uh, chlorine, chlorine in the milking tanks, which um, works for them because it kills off all the bacteria and they can continue to sell the milk to Arla uh, and all the other big dairies. But my um, lactic acid bacteria, they do not thrive, ends up a totally disgusting butter if I work with that. So... And how easy is it to make butter at home? I mean, could I could I make? I've made butter accidentally when I was over whipping cream, but exactly. Um, if you that's if you, all it is. 
You, you, if you're being a bit absent-minded, just whisk some cream, and then you end up with butter. <laughs> so you d- you don't have to have all the culturing and everything. No, you don't have to. You can make butter from uh, sweet cream, and then uh, you, all the lactose will be uh, present in the in the butter, of course, and it, it will have a sweeter taste to it. But you will not get the uh, additional 150 taste components that you get from from fermenting the cream. And how did I mean? How did you get into butter making? I mean, it seems like you know a, a pretty a pretty small niche to get into. Yeah. It, um, it well, I was in IT. I made uh, lots of very two complicated IT systems that nobody actually used to their full extent, which is often the case. And uh, I found it very boring, (laughs) to be honest, after a couple of years. So then I wanted to, uh, I wanted to make something very simple, but very uh, well made. So I started making uh, sea salt um by boiling down the ocean so so to speak <laughs> and it worked um um but then I, I i started um i started making butter because my grandmother she was a very sm- small scale butter maker in the 40s 50s 60s so she taught me of course how to make butter when when she was alive and and that fitted well with my thinking of making something very very simple but make it in a in 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 a, in a in a good way so is your is your butter a continuation of your grandmother's butter then yeah in a way but um she didn't use commercial bacteria i have to because of um, health and safety regulations uh she used for example a wild uh, a carnivorous plant. Hmm. <laughs> she used that to culture the bowl before adding the cream. I mean, you you can basically take a handful of grass and just smear the inside of uh, of the bowl, and then you're set. Yeah, I th- I think I remember Ben saying that you filtered the, either the milk or the cream through a little a little clump of grass. Yeah. That's uh, that, that works like a charm because on the surface of any grass or leaf, you have between four, five, six different uh, strains of lactic acid bacteria, and they differ from field to field, uh, terroir, if you will. But and of course, uh, on the surface of human skin, you have the two main uh lactic acid bacteria to make butter the uh, lactobacillus cremoris and the lactobacillus diacetyl actis especially on the surface of female skin that's why probably most dairy uh, uh, people working in dairies used to be only female hmm. well i would have assumed it was just because the men made them do the work but exactly that's probably why <laughs> But it, 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 luckily, uh, the, the, the female skin was. But uh, also, I mean, most people don't realize in the udder of the cow, there are no lactic acid bacteria. The milk in the udder is sterile. 
Otherwise, they would uh, be walking around with uh, creme fraiche. <laughs> uh, or if they were galloping, they, they would end up with uh, uh, butter. So it's sterile. And, and most people who, who think that what do you call unpasteurized milk is very, very good for you, you uh, they don't realize that, well, the, they, 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 maybe it is, uh, but um, the bacteria comes from the teeth the surface of the teeth of the cow. The same way as we have lactic acid bacteria on our skin. Without it, we uh, think we would die. It's a first line of defense against viruses, etc. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You make something, according to what I've read, you make something that you call virgin butter. Now, yes. how does that, what is that, and how does that differ, for example, from the kind of, the kind of butter your grandmother might have made? Uh, I mean, my grandmother, she made uh, functional butter, which was delicious. You could use it in baking, in frying, and slathering it on uh, bread. Because uh, the, the fat percentage was 80, 82 or something, which is a legal requirement in order for it to be called butter, actually, in the EU, uh, United States as well, I think. Anything below 80% will have to be called a, uh, a spread or something like that. Um, th well, th there was a sous chef, Swedish sous chef that he was going, doing, going to work for this famous uh, British chef in London. And I asked him, could you, could you bring some butter to him? And then I sent it to him a couple of weeks later. And I was like sleepless many nights. I, I wanted the butter to be very special, not just any ordinary butter. So then I came up with the idea of, um, of, of churning the butter in a special way, at a special temperature, uh, and stop just when the first butter grains are formed. Then it still holds the, uh, the buttermilk, uh, since uh, the cream is uh, cultured, of course, the buttermilk is uh, acidic. So you will have a butter with quite a lot of acidity in it uh, and salt, of course. 1.67% uh, is my favorite, I think. But since, I mean, if you ever clarify a butter, you, you will notice that the flavor of a clarified butter is not, it, 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 there's not a lot of flavor in it. Which, which is um, logic because all of the 150 taste uh, flavor components in butter are mainly in dispersed uh, in, in uh, the buttermilk. Okay. So virgin butter has 40% uh, fat, or uh, if I do it in, in the UK, 50% fat, and the rest of the butter is the, uh, the cultured buttermilk. So it has more... A flavor of butter actually than a normal butter uh, paired with the, the acidity and the salt and the fat so it's it's a nice combination i think but as you just said you can't if you were going to sell it you can't call it butter you have to call it a spread <laughs> yeah but the thing is i i asked the uh, the health and safety inspector in uh, on the isle of white uh, i said well, I can't call it a virgin spread, can I? And then she, no, we cannot <laughs> call it a virgin spread. Uh, 
but the thing is, I am allowed to call it butter, but then I have to have a, a prefix in front of it, like Tivoli uh, circus butter or whatever. Uh, I think. Well, any, I haven't been prosecuted yet. <laughs> it, it, well, it may may be an Ill- illegal butter. Yeah. You mentioned the Isle of Wight, and I I do remember you setting out. I do remember reading about you moving to the Isle of Wight. Um, what what went wrong? You're not there anymore, are you? Did it? Um, well, to be honest, it went quite well, actually. But then uh, the uh, the investors happened. I think <laughs> that's why I'm not doing the the mistake again of having investors. Um, they are not on the same planet. They. I've had investors before, and each time they want me to work with the cheaper cream, and I do not work uh, well under such conditions. I, I don't. I, I, I don't accept it. I can't do that. I mean, I, I, it's against all the things uh, I work with because I, I do all the things by hand. When I churn, I, I, I'm awake like 24 hours. Um, I work a lot, and I, I just can't do that with shitty cream in order for them to gain maybe 4% extra money. Um, no, no. I think what, what I find most interesting is that is your determination to remain small. Yeah. I mean, I've been approached by Arla. They wanted to, at first they uh, threatened me. Arla, uh, by the way, is the fourth biggest dairy company in the world, based in Denmark. They make Lurpak butter, among other brands, thousands of tons of it a month. Uh, then they wanted to buy the dairy. Um, like in Sweden, we had, in the 1920s, we had like 19,000 little dairies. In the 1980s, after Arla had bought them all up we had 15 only now we're about 100 or something like that um coca-cola wanted me to move to uh, to the u.s because they have a the biggest uh, organic dairy farm in the u.s now but i couldn't see myself making butter for coca-cola uh apparently i'm i'm a lousy shitty businessman but <laughs> Uh, well, that's how it is anyway. So most of your butter is going to restaurants. Is all of it going to restaurants? Yes, actually, yes. Especially the virgin butter, because it's a really lousy butter when <laughs> in the hands of private consumers. Because no matter how long I, I explain to them that you cannot bake with it, you can't fry with it, etc., etc., it's only a table butter. But still, they they come back and and tell me, oh, it didn't work uh, with <laughs> baking. So I only work with professionals, actually. Yeah. Do you have any Do you have any thoughts about going beyond butter to other dairy products? I mean, are you interested in things like cheeses and yogurt and stuff like yeah. that? I've I have done cheeses actually. Uh, I have a recipe. It's nobody makes it. Uh, 
and if I'm going to make it, um, I want to do it on an open fire with a, a copper kettle hanging on top of it. Uh, really stupid and inefficient in every way. But it's been my dream, actually. And when I've done it, it's super delicious. Um, yeah. Uh, yogurt, I made not uh, 0% fat yogurt, which is quite popular. Uh, but the contrary, I made uh, 30% fat yogurt, which is too delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to make stuff like that. I mean, the, you mentioned the fat content. And I'm guessing you, you, I wonder, do you think butter is particularly, or butter fat is particularly good for us? Or, or is it just not bad for us? Do you, do you think it, do you think it's actually beneficial? It is, it is beneficial. Um, uh, the days when I churn uh, mostly two, two day, two, three days a week, I only eat butter and I, that's when I feel best. <laughs> uh, only butter, no bread, uh, no nothing, just butter. But it, it's an extreme case, I guess. Uh, but I mean, we, we, the human brain always needed fat. Uh, maybe, maybe for some people it's bad, but for most people I think it's very beneficial. Patrick Johansson, the Butter Viking. For now, the only way to get a taste of his remarkable product is at one of those high-end restaurants he supplies, though he told me that he'll soon be opening a little B&B at his new dairy in Småland in southern Sweden, where I'm sure you'll be able to get some Viking butter. And that's it for this 10th anniversary episode of Eat This Podcast. I'd like to think some of you have been with me from the start, but I also know you might not have been, so I'll put a link to the Bog Butter episode in the show notes at eatthispodcast.com. And that's also where you can explore the entire back catalogue. You can leave a comment at eatthispodcast.com on this or any other episode. And you can find a transcript of many of the shows thanks to the generosity of my supporters. You can join them at eatthispodcast.com slash supporters. You can email me too, jeremy at eatthispodcast.com. And although social media is in a bit of a tiz at the moment, you can still find me on Instagram at eatthispodcast. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and here's to the next 10 years. Mm -hmm.